All right, let's go back to Revelation chapter 3. We're just going to recap just a moment. Last week we talked about uh, reputation. And um, here again we're talking about the congregation in Sardis. This is uh, important because I believe, you know, as we're saying here, is that all of these congregations, we represent over the ages, all since Yeshua told John to pin this down, all of these congregations, all of these last 2,000 years, we're representative in some form or fashion in these, in these seven, and, and the good and the bad. And so what he's speaking to us when he says, those who have an ear to hear, hear what he is speaking to the congregations, what his spirit, his Holy Spirit is speaking, his Holy Spirit is giving us. I mean, you can't get better instructions than this. To where he says this, you're doing great in, but this I have an issue with. And if we are a believing people, because he's talking to congregations, he's not talking to the heathen. So evidently these congregations had some of these problems. Remember, there's two of them that didn't, he didn't give a negative report, but these two were the most persecuted of all the congregations. And usually what we've said before, when you're under a heavy persecution, and what I mean is, is if you're under, in other words, if you're on a sick bed or you're, you're not, you know, you're focusing on, if you believe you're fixing to see your maker, you're focusing on him. You're not worried about all of the things about a work week. You know what I'm saying? So when you're heavily persecuted, not knowing, and this is the way we said it, we were doing a little thing Wednesday night, but think about this. If you're one of these two congregations and you don't know if you're going to be lighting the streets of Rome, now, you know what I mean by lighting the streets of Rome? They tarred you and put you up there and they lit you on fire so they could see. You didn't know that? You're going to be living a good close. Your relationship with Yeshua is going to be right there because you never know. You're not probably, I mean, you're crying for the resurrection for sure because you never know. And so, but here you have the reputation of one who was alive and is dead. And this is why we sort of want to, I believe that the church or the congregation as a whole, is about as dead as it can be. Now, they have a reputation, and they're, they're going off of a reputation. And the thing is, is I hope and pray that we're not part of that reputation. I hope our reputation is, is that we are alive, and he's saying that we're alive. Because this is one thing that I wrote down here. What's the more important is, is what does Yeshua say about us? Not what the world says about us, not what it looks like. Man, y'all got good this, you got good that. I don't want to get up there and say, well, you know what? You had a reputation of being alive, but I say you're dead. So this is where we're at with this reputation. You know, there's a scripture that says we ought not to think more highly than we ought. Amen? And I was remembering one time, you know, I was telling Tammy, one time she was so, so stressed, and I said, babe... You just need to embrace your mistake. And then she walked over and gave me a big hug. I said, now is this a hug or is this an embrace? So maybe I might not think more highly than I ought. What is my reputation? So you have to be careful what you say. No, I'm just picking with her. But I'm just saying, this is where we need to do introspection of ourselves. Don't just sit here and say, somebody else, you got mistakes. Because, guys, we need to look in the mirror. Amen? Or we might get a big embrace or a big hug. 
So what he says in verse 2, he tells, tells, we talked about this, says, wake up. This is one thing we're going to pick up with today. Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. So he's warning them, you do have something. But what if you don't strengthen what you have, it's fixing to die also. For I have not found your works complete in my sight. So in other words, we better get a grip. And we better, we better focus on what he's telling us. So we're going to pick up in verse 3. It says, remember, this is important. Remember, this is where we run into trouble ever since the third, second, third century until now he is restoring the ancient past. This is what he's doing. This is a word that he gave us years ago when I was 20-something years old. I didn't know what it meant, repair the breach. I understood that. You know, we just sort of help people out. You know, we build the bridges. If they got, you know, we just help them out. But ancient past, I didn't have a clue what that meant. But these prophecies that were given to me back when I was in my early 20s, like 22 years old, didn't come to pass till I was 46 because it wasn't time. His timing is not our timing in a lot of times. And really and truly, I am very, very, very thankful because I was not ready at 22 years old. I wasn't ready at 32 years old, and I wasn't ready. I was getting better at 40. Because you know what? Sometimes gray hair wisdom comes from the things that we go through and the challenges that we face. And how do we respond or how do we react? See, that's where the Father is trying to get us is to where when something happens, there's a response, not a reaction. Because a reaction is a negative thing. A response is, is we can count it all joy. Amen? If we get a rock in our little air-conditioned radiator, it's on the way up there. Amen? You can, and this is what happened with them. They came down here, and uh, I'll just share this if you don't mind. This is one thing, because, you know, they, they, they travel from North Tennessee, and they come down here to visit, visit, you know, Jeremy and Tiffany and, and all of these things that happen. But on their way, you know, having, you know, a spirit-filled time, and then all of a sudden they go through a little rough patch and a little rock comes up underneath that they ran through some road work. If you've ever traveled, you know you can't go anywhere in the United States without a road being tore up or, or a truck overturned. I don't know what it is about it. When you travel, there's something there. But a rock came up and hit just in, in the fin part of the radiator of the air condition, and they heard this pshhh. And when you hear pshhh, it ain't good. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, windows are down, and they're coming up here and, and all of this. But here's the thing that, and if they were sharing that, and just, just to let you know, as they were sharing, we as a congregation, blessing them to fix their stuff. Amen? And this is the beautiful thing, because this, this, is, this is what I wanted to share here with this here. Yahweh, He gives us His Word in His Torah. And when he says, when somebody's naked, you do what? You clothe them. When they're hungry, you feed them. When they're in prison, you visit them. Now, I don't see anywhere in that scripture does he say you pray about it. Does he say you pray about it? No. You do it. See, there's his word. When his word is his word, because I've heard people say, food laws, well, I need to pray about it. No, you don't. What you going to pray about? Like, you going to change his mind? You know? All you can do is change, all you can do is, is you can use crab oil because they don't have crab in it. 
But you're going to have to put chicken or fish in there. You can't put shrimp or crawfish. So the thing about it is, is the seasoning you can keep. But the deal is, you can't keep what he says is not food. Amen? So, but I've heard this many, many, many times. Well, Shabbat, the Sabbath, well, I need to pray about it. Pray about what? Remember the Sabbath to keep it holy. Do you know that that's a commandment, and the commandment had a death penalty attached to it. See, what's happening is, is the body of Messiah today, because we don't want to do things that's not popular with the popular You have this reputation of being alive. We want to do what the live people are doing, and we want to attach to that. But do you know what that's going to get us? It's going to get us killed. It's going to bring destruction. We need to get into what Yahweh's doing and quit trying to get him into what we're doing. Amen. This is what this is about because this is his book. I didn't write it. I don't know of anybody that wrote this. And the ones that did pen it are not here today. And they will tell you this is not their words. This is his words. Let me get off my soapbox. Three, remember then what you received. Now, is that past tense, received? Okay. Think about it. Remember what you received and heard. In other words, don't make a new message. There's no new message. This is what we were sharing the other day. That was one thing that when I got in the charismatic movement, you couldn't wait. You was always looking for something new. What's new? What's next? What's new? What's next? And never walked out what we just heard a week ago or two weeks ago or whatever. We're always looking for that next new thing. Guys, there is no new thing. Solomon let the cat out the bag, and it's, there's nothing new under the sun. It's only truth. And he's saying, remember what you have received, Genesis, the Old Testament, the Tanakh. Remember what you have received and what you've heard. There's no new message out there. This is why we're returning. If you're returning, that means you're going backwards. Not forward, but backwards, but as really and truly when we repent, we are to what? To turn to the truth. So we're returning to the truth. This is the message that he's calling out of this system is what's happening. So he's saying, remember, what, this is why I'm saying this is important. This is where the church needs to get a grip. We need to get a grip because they're trying to live in something new. Yahweh's trying to restore the ancient past, and this is what he's doing. He's restoring the truth is what he's doing. And because true worshipers, guys, we already know this. I'm just going to throw it out there. Revelation chapter 12, it talks about the man-child. Whenever Satan couldn't get a hold of the man-child, it said that he was furious. Now, Satan furious ain't a good thing because it talks about the dragon. But what happened was is when he couldn't get the man-child, he turned his focus on somebody. And he turned his focus on those who kept the Torah and had the testimony of Yeshua. Not one or the other. He turned them on both because really and truly one or the other has an appearance. Now I'm not saying that there's... But, but when you're zoned in, because true worshipers, we're talking about true, true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. It's both. This is what he's restoring and this is what's happening. And Hasatan is not excited about it. Okay, and that's what he's trying to tear down. 
So what is our reputation? Remember we talked about this, the sons of Siva. Now the sons of Siva was sons from a rabbi who was a high priest or from the priestly line. They would do exorcisms. That's what they did. I mean, they just didn't come up with something new. This is what they would do. But remember whenever they went to cast out that demon and they walked up and rolled on up in there and said, we come to you in the name of Yeshua, the one Paul preaches. And then what did, they say? What did, he, what did the demon say? He said, Yeshua, I know, and Paul, I've heard of. But who are you? The deal is, is we need to be in a place to where when we go, the very shadow of your spirit cast on them, because it's really the spirit of Yeshua that will drive out demons. So when you try to get into a dark place, you better, you better realize and recognize these spirits need to recognize Yeshua and who you are. This is why some things come out by fasting and prayer. You just can't roll up on in there and do some formula. Abba-dabba-do and all that stuff. It ain't going to work. So you see here, and I'm just going back over this, that you have received and kept and heard. It says, keep it and repent. Keep what the ancient past. Keep what you've been taught. Because I'm telling you here, can I just say this? Did John pen this? The answer is yes. Okay. Yeshua told him what to write down. Now, we're in the first century still. Okay, we're still in the first century here. There's no Constantine and all of that. There's no Catholic. There's no this and that. There's no one world anything. So what did they hear? What they were hearing was Torah. That's exactly what. Because Moses was taught every Shabbat in the synagogues. This is what they, this is what they heard. We got to, I, I know because I was there. Every time I would read something like this, I was thinking that Billy Graham said this. You know what I mean? Because this is where I was raised. I, whatever denomination you were raised in, you were, you were at that thing thinking, well, he's talking to me the whole time. What did I receive? I received everything that when I was in Sunday school. That is not what this is saying here. This, is, this wasn't even on the, in the thought of, 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 of these apostles here. So what he received was exactly the Torah and the testimony of Yeshua. This is what was being taught. He says, you need, Sardis, you need to keep this and repent. Here's where we're going today. If you will not wake up, stop. We go over this every Sukkot, the ten virgins. Virgins means they're believers. They were all waiting on Yeshua. Five were wise, five were foolish. The problem is all was asleep. I'm doing my best. We're doing our best here. If you doze off, I'm going to give you spiritual coffee. I know y'all do the joke, Hebrews, whatever. You know what I'm saying? You get coffee, you get whatever you need in you. We need to stay awake. When we start finding people in our community that is falling asleep, we are a brother's keeper. We need to intervene. Look, revival is good. Restoration is where it's at. Because revival means you need CPR. And once you get to the CPR stage of your spiritual walk, that ain't good. Because what if you don't wake up? I'm beating and blowing right now. <laughs> you know, breathe, breathe. 
you know, if we get to that state, we don't ever need to get to that state because if we get to that state, we're not guaranteed to wake up. Restoration is where it's at. This is what he's saying is restoring the ancient past. I'm good with revival because revival, sometimes we got some dead people and they need to be awakened and repent and I'm for that one million percent. But isn't it sad that we have to be there? Isn't it sad that every two times a year that churches, because I was right there in the middle of it, two times a year I needed reviving. Really, I needed it more than that. You know, I needed it four to six times a year. But I'm just saying this is what happens when truth is not taught, when you're just going through the motions and you don't understand what's happening. So anyway, he's telling us to wake up. Listen to what he's saying. I will... Listen to what he's saying. I will come like a thief. And you will not know what time or what hour Satan will come to you. It didn't say Satan in there, did it? He says, I. I will come like a thief. And you don't know the hour then I'm going to come against you. Do you know the reason why Satan is not put there? Because Satan was already there. This is why he's rebuking them. Mixed worship. They were already doing what Satan, Hasatani, tricked them into doing. Just like the church or the congregation Thyatira had Jezebel mixed worship in that. They'd come in to deceive the people. This deception in the, in the congregation has been strong for over 2,000 years. There's a restoration that started many years ago and is still going still building. But I'm telling you, I just believe personally where we are now because we're so... The, the, the congregation today, which is a remnant, is so different than where we have ever been. Of bringing forth the Torah and the Holy Spirit. Being in a, to being in a community that embraces the Torah here and having the gifts of the Spirit operating at the same time, just like it happened in the first century. This, now, are we perfect at it? Pfft, I guess not. We're definitely not perfect at it, but the Father's working on us, and this is why we're saying every Shabbat, this is why Shabbat is important. This is why I know we have people out today because they're sick, but they're probably viewing Hallelujah, and they're getting it. We need to stay connected. If you stay connected, you can stay awake. You get out there by yourself, and it gets quiet. Anybody ever been deer hunting? Okay, most of us, some of us don't know what that is. That's good. You're not in sin. But here's the deal. Get out there. Has anybody ever fell asleep on a deer stand? Raise your hand, because you're lying if you don't. That's right. Yeah, you ladies sleep on the couch. Turn Here's the deal. What I'm saying is you get still, you get sleepy. You slow down, you get sleepy. We don't have time to slow down. Yahweh knows what he's doing. This is why, every, this is why Shabbat is there. Shabbat is there is to keep us awake. If I, I promise you, if we had to meet on Passover, unleavened bread, just the, the three major, you talk about have to do a work, we would be so dead in here. Man, we'd be in rehab. You ain't kidding. 
You see what I'm saying? Every Shabbat, this is staying awake. We need to be a community that stays awake. Don't be by yourself. You do, you're going to fall asleep. He's telling you, remember we talked about last week? I know Hannah is so ready. Talking about my daughter, she's so ready for that baby. I know this week after we talk, she is so ready. And uh, the baby's coming. I know you wished it was here. We wish Yeshua had already turned, returned. You know, a lot of the young ones, let's just wait. I ain't married yet. I want to experience life. That's the way it is with some of the young ones. We got a wedding next week. She's like, I'm good if it waits, you know, at least a month or two. Okay, but this is what happened. But those of us who are older, stick a fork in me, I'm done. You know what I'm saying? I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. But, you know, that's selfish because I've lived a good life. I've lived that. That's, that's cheating. We don't do that. I want him to come when he wants to come. And this is the thing. It's not about the due date. It's all the preparation from conception to the baby comes. What are we doing during this period of time? This is our life. This is our life, just like what you said last week. If you look at a tombstone, you have a beginning and ending date. And then there's a little bitty dash. That dash is what we're going to be judged on, what we're going to be accountable for. That's what's when he opens up that book, that little bitty dash is going to have my name on it. And I'm praying that my name is in there where that dash is at, and he's going to give me a new name. Amen? But this is, this is where we're at, is staying awake, because I will come like a thief in the night. I'm telling you he's coming. We know that. All right, now let's go to 24, Matthew 24. Same thing. Now, Yeshua told John to write this stuff down. So everything that was written in Revelation, you might as well, you know how you always had some Bibles have red ink, and then you might as well have red ink, okay? Yeshua is telling, let me say it this way. When Yeshua's talking to John in Revelation, he's already resurrected. Resurrected. All right, now in Matthew, he's in Matthew 24, he's not dead yet. He's not been crucified yet. Let's see if the message changed. See if he's saying the same thing afterward is the same message that he said before. But concerning the day and the hour, no one knows. Sounds like the same message. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. I just want to say this. I've said it before. If anybody tells you that they know when he's coming, you click that out. He's on the wrong. Delete. There you go. Delete. Delete that. If Yeshua don't know, I'm telling you, we're not better than him. And if he ain't, he's the one hung on the cross, okay? So if he didn't tell him when he's returning, he ain't going to tell me. But this is what he's saying. This is where we take our temperature. This is what reputation is all about. For as it were in the days of Noah, what does it mean when we hear this, before we even go and read? What was happening in the days of Noah? It wasn't good. Yeah, drinking and marrying and partying and just going and doing and and everything was right in their own eyes. Why are we saying that? We're saying that because we read that because that was their reputation. See, that was their reputation. What reputation do we have? This is what this is about. I can tell you right now, when they come up, the, the Supreme Court has not said 
that they've done away with abortion. They said that. There was one justice wrote a piece of paper and it got leaked out by somebody and all hells broke loose to where even tomorrow they're going, because out of the justices, out of nine, five of them are Catholic. And they're going to these justices' homes and they're going to the Catholic church. Look, guys, the Catholic church is, is worldwide. I sort of like big. I mean, because when I was in Israel and I said I'm a believer, I don't say I'm a Christian. Because when you're, I didn't know this. I mean, but when you're in other countries, there's only three religions in the world. There's, there's Judaism, there's Islam, and there's Catholicism, Christianity. And so if you're a Christian, I don't care what denomination you are, to them you're Catholic. They, don't, they can't comprehend, they don't know the mess that we got here. They don't know the salad bowls. Some of us are tomatoes. Some of us are carrots, and some of us are whatever. And celery? No, that's of the devil. Celery's of the devil. We ain't no celery. Our guests don't know, but celery's of the devil. Man, celery gets on your hands. You can't get it off. I know y'all love it, but y'all hide it with peanut butter. So that's cheating. Ain't that right? Somebody cheating? Celery? What is good with celery? It just I mean, there, has it got any nutritional value for all of Celery? Calcium? Ain't no way. Celery's got calcium in a... That, it's shaped like a bone on purpose to let you know that it's got calcium. Okay, there you go. Ice cream strengthens your bones. There you go. Ice cream and calcium. No, okay. Not necessary. That's right. So anyway, back... Okay. Where in the world am I at? So as in the days of Noah. Well, I just wanted to mention something. Look, guys, we're in the days of Noah. We're just there. We're, we're just slapped right in the middle of it. And if you always want to know that wrong is right and right is wrong, you ain't got to look no further. It is, it's like it ain't coming. It's here. It's right in the middle. Because, and here's the problem. The problem is, is they want, I'm not going to say Christianity. I'm just going to say this. The government as a whole wants this out of our lives. They don't, if anybody has anything to do with this, they don't want you to speak into their lives. They don't want you around. Yes. Yeah, burn the Bible on the steps of the Supreme Court. Ain't this something? Our Constitution and everything that has to do with our founding fathers, it came from in here. It came from in here. And the problem is, is they have perverted it. This is where, this is where you're at. So guys, they, there's a lot of people, and it, I'm going to tell you this, the five-fold ministry, it's our fault. It's not the lay people. All they're doing is what these people behind these pulpits are saying. And they're believing it hook, line, and sinker. We're telling them that the law is done away with. Well, then how are you going to come against abortion? How are you going to come against homosexuality? How are you going to come against sin? You can't. You flat can't because this was in the beginning. And, and you just, we, we cut our own throats with these messages of what has happened. This is why we better wake up and we better strengthen what little bit we have 
because it's about to die. And that's what he's saying. And if that isn't alive and well today for us, we we done comatose is where we're at as a, as a believing body. We created this mess. I don't blame these people picketing. I don't blame these people. I don't blame these people who have this. The, the, the church has the mindset. When you got a president of the United States who says he's Catholic, is saying abortion is good and it's in the Bible, and he's still a Catholic, when I know that they're against abortion and against contraceptives and they're against, 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 I mean, you know, the President of the United States is sort of a little powerful. He got more clout than what I got up here when you're looking at the natural. And when they make that statement, and people is not coming up this running this organization and saying, dude, Mr. President, dude, you are wrong in what you're saying. I don't know what catechism class you went to. I don't know what's been going on in your life, but that is sin and that is wrong, and we do not teach that. But you don't hear that. And you know the reason why you don't? Because it's all built as the same system. Because he's calling his people out of that system. And the reason why he's calling us out of that system is because we are... Look, Satan is smarter than we are too. I'm just going to say it. Tammy squinting. You can give me a hug. (laughs) This is the reason why I'm saying Adam and Eve were not fallen. Wasn't fallen. Perfect. Perfect, knew no sin, and was deceived. And woman was deceived, but Adam wasn't. He knew it was wrong. He knew it was wrong. And he, pride of life, got him, bit him. Satan doesn't have new tricks because there's what? Nothing new under the sun. It's the same bag of tricks. He just dresses it up with different paper and different bows. Because when you open the box, it's the same trick. But we deceive ourselves in saying, oh no, I wouldn't fall for that. Because I know, what did Solomon say? Did Yahweh say, do not take these women, these farm wives, did he not say that? Why did he say that? Because, why? Because these, you take foreign wives and they will, you will end up serving their gods, right? Is that what he said? Solomon said, I know what the intent of the word is, but I would never do that. Because he's made me the wisest of all people. And he set me up at king. And you know what? I'm bigger and better than that. How did that work for him? Look, look what, the whole, the whole, Israel was divided because of that. Believing that we're smarter because we think we know and we can get around. Look, this is not a tax code. There's not loopholes in here. There's no loopholes. This is just flat. This is let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's just that simple. Now, do we understand everything? Absolutely not. But you know what? He's revealing it to us. But you know what? If you can't walk in the simple things that he reveals to us, he's not going to tell you the deeper things. He just can't do it. 
What good does that do? You can't just simply understand. You can't if you can't count to seven. Why is he going to give you the deeper things of Yahweh? On the seventh day he rested. On the seventh day is the Sabbath, and he named it. On the se- if we can't count on the first day of the month, this is the first day of the month to you, and then for ten days you're going to take a lamb. On the fourteenth day it's Passover. Guys, if we can't add, subtract, and do basic math, and if we if we can't just do basic phonics and reading, why would he entrust us with the deeper things of Yahweh? He's not going to. We're foolish if we think that that's what's going to happen. He's not going to do it. How in the world did I get there? Verse 38, Matthew 24. So they were eating and they were drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark. Guys, we know this. So Noah enters the ark. Remember? Just tell you this story. I don't have time to read everything. Noah entered the ark. The moment that Noah entered the ark, did Yahweh close the door? No, he didn't. He left that door open for how many more days? Seven days. Trumpets. It's going to be a blast. Probably a bad one. But anyway, he's going to give a blast. But the thing about it is, there's ten days of all before Yom Kippur. There's still awesome days. It, this parallels, this lets us know, as in the days of Noah, what it's going to be like. What was happening is, and, and guys, I'm telling you, I believe, personally, these people knew. I mean, look, Moa, they, they don't even, they're not living where there's water. You know what I mean? They're not by an ocean when he's building this ark. If you look in the land where it's built, I mean, you know, you're good to have a river. But to turn around and build something as big as he's building, and you know that it took him a long time to build it, the people are knowing, what are you doing? What is this thing? So probably, I don't know. I just don't know. I wasn't there. I know if it was me, I probably wouldn't say a whole lot what I was doing to start with because I think I'm crazy. But eventually when this thing grows to a place where you can't hide it anymore, because this was a massive undertaking, to know that this is what thus saith Yahweh said, and this is what's happening. Reputation. Noah had a reputation, Genesis 6.3. He had a reputation of being a what? A righteous man. Yahweh knew. You don't think reputation is not important? If he wouldn't have had that reputation, me and you wouldn't be here today because he would have wiped out everything and started all over. Just saying. But yet he found a righteous man on this earth. And then in his family, only eight people. That's sad. Can we understand when it says remnant? Do we understand what remnant may mean? Maybe a piece of thread in a garment? I mean, the bigger I am, the more threads is here. But the thing about it is the remnant is still the same, no matter how many more remnants is attached to it. But there's a remnant. And out of that, it's sad to have eight people. Eight people saved. Sodom and Gomorrah, less than that. Abraham clamoring for at least ten there's a family there, surely. Where have I seen this before? Noah and his family? Surely his family. And it got whittled down to three. And I don't even really know about the other two. The other two was just probably said, I'm following daddy. You know what I'm saying when you think about it? Because it didn't work out good for mama. You know, she become a salt lick. 
So the deal is, is just saying, well, that's for us cow people. But I'm just saying it's just not good. What? I know. This is what you this is this is who he's sent here. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Please y'all don't all come up here and hug me after this is over. <laughs> Are you coming to hug me like, man, this is like a mistake? Please. Uh, there you go. There you go. There's a cattleman, true cattleman right there. I'm just saying. If I don't hug y'all today, there might be a motive. Let me approach you. Don't approach me. Okay, in verse 39. And they were unaware until the flood came. Guys, this is important. They were unaware. I mean, this is going on. See, unaware, this is not about a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. They didn't comprehend what Moses, I mean, Noah's message was to them. They couldn't comprehend. See, they had a reputation that they were alive, eating and drinking, doing what was right in their own eyes. Noah, you and your weird cultish family, all of a sudden, we have the gods. And now you got one that you say is bigger than all the others telling you that he's fixing to start all over with you? I mean, boy, ain't you something. You know what I'm saying? When you think about what do you think people are thinking? Did they not think that with Yeshua? Been crying for Yeshua to come forever. And he comes and then they, 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 they who died and made you boss? Well, eventually you always said I did. You see what I'm saying? So they were unaware. There's a spiritual sleep. Look, I'm just telling you here, he's not writing this to heathens here. This is to the body. This is to believers that he's writing this to. This is strong language that he's writing to people like me and you. It's turning around that they were unaware until the flood came and swept them all away. So will it be with the coming of the Son of Man. Two men's going to be in the field. One's going to be taking one left. Two women grinding at a meal. One taking and one left. Therefore, stay awake. Therefore, stay awake. What did he say in Revelation 3, 2? Wake up and strengthen what you have because it's dying. And this is the same. This was the message that he had before he died. And do you know it's the same message he had after he was resurrected? The message has never changed. The message from us today is to stay awake because spiritual stupor, slow fade, all of these things that happens to me, happens to us, don't think we can't get complacent. We can do it. If we get still, we can do it. This is why, especially during these times and hours that we live in, we need to stay awake. We need to, not just physically, but spiritually, we need to stay awake. Amen. That's what this is about. Where am I at? Listen to what he's saying. Verse 43. But know this. He's telling me and you something. But know this, that if the master of the house had known. Hello? Hello? Is he not warning us? 
the master of the house here is already warning us that what's happening. But here, this is a different master. If the master of the house would have known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have left his house to be broken into. Husband and wives, mom and dads, stay awake. People at River of Life, people in Tennessee, congregations that he's entrusted these truths to, we need to stay awake. We need to stay awake because guess what, guys? He didn't say staying awake would keep the thief from coming. The thief is coming. It's coming. The thing is, but if we're awake, he won't steal from us. He'll go to somebody else's house. Guys, let's keep the light on. I know it's not Motel 6, but let's keep the light on. Because do you know what? If there is a thief that's coming and there's a light on in the house, he's probably going to go to the house that doesn't have a light on. Let's let Yeshua be shining in our lives so strongly to keep the light on. That way the thief is going to go to somebody else's house. Stay away. Therefore, verse 44, therefore you must all, I mean, also you must be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. Now, can I tell you this? Is Yeshua truthful? Does he lie? Did he say he's coming at an hour that you don't expect? That's what he means. That's what he means. As much as we think we may know, much as you think you may know, this is why even more so we need to stay awake. We don't need to be lulled to sleep. Times and seasons we understand. He's going to teach us and tell us whenever we can. We're going to know, we're going to know times and seasons. He tells us that we can do that. But the hour, you're just not going to know. You're just not going to know. I'm telling you that there's so much that I thought I knew that I didn't know, especially in these times and seasons. Because I do know about Passover. I do know that he's come. I do know about Shavuot. I know that he's fulfilled that from the giving of the Torah and the giving of the Holy Spirit. Shavuot, I know that that, the trumpets is not blasted and all that. I understand that. And the Sukkot part because of the wedding and all of that. But in my thinking, I, I, I put myself, just saying, I'm not... I'm not uh, committing, okay? So don't freak out on me, okay? Don't run up here and hug me, you know, okay? I'm thinking, my old thinking was Passover and all that is pretty much done. It ain't done. It ain't done. Now, I'm talking about it ain't done for believers. I think in the greater Exodus, there's a big, huge part that Passover is going to play before Sukkot. See, I was, I was locked into, like I do, I, I put everything in a box. Do we not put things in box? This is what guys do. We stay in a nothing box most of the time, but after we get out of the nothing box, then we can get in there. So we, we, we like to do that. I like things in order like that, right? So I'm thinking, okay, then I'm just, man, I'm just looking for, I'm looking at trumpets, looking at trumpets. Guess what? The thing is, is he's coming back like the greater exodus, sort of like a hint, 
where did the greater, where did Exodus happen? Passover. The greater Exodus may, this thing may start during that period and walk all the way through. And we may walk through some things until we get to the resurrection. Okay? Just saying. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of his nodding. I'm glad. But what I'm saying is, is this, that we don't have it all. But he is, but what we do have, you walk in it, he will give you more. He just will do that. Amen? And I'm so thankful. If we shun and won't believe what he's giving us, we're stopped at that moment. This congregation, this community, when it comes to revelation knowledge, if he gives you, if he gives you a piece of sirloin, if you don't like the way it's cooked, guess what? Eat the fries. Because he ain't going back and recooking it. Because he says, I know how to cook a steak. The thing about it is, if you don't like the way it looks or you don't like the way it tastes, that's on you. That ain't on me because if Yahweh cooks it, I'm eating it. Amen? Spiritually. This is the way this needs to happen. But there again, because sometimes if I get locked in because this is the way I think it's going to be, I'd be in trouble. Amen? So I just want you guys to relax. You don't have to hug me. And just to know that here's the deal. The deal is that the Father's working on me too. He's working on all of us because this is a body ministry. And we can relax and know that if we have our doctrine a little off, we can be tweaked, starting with me. Amen? We can be tweaked. And when we tweak, and he, will, he knows when to tweak us. He's tweaking us now with these seven congregations. And with these seven congregations and with all these end times and all of that, this is where is, he's tweaking me now about Passover has another big role to play in the greater exodus. It's not just about worrying about trumpets. So guess what? If my mind is on trumpets and if I'm living like I want to live, okay, because you know what? I know when Elul comes, I'm going to get my act together at Elul. Then what is? Then my heart is about fire insurance. I don't want to go to hell. It ain't about relationship. See, if I'm about relationship, I'm ready all the time. It doesn't matter what feast and festival. If he come at Hanukkah, it's his business. If he comes at Purim, it's his business. So in this teaching today... He says, wake up, strengthen what remains. For those of us, I hope and pray, and I do believe that we have, because then he goes on to say, and I'm, well, I'm just, that's going to be for the next time, but he does go on to say, but there is, a, there is a remnant here. There's a remnant, and I'm praying that we're part of that remnant. I believe that we are. I believe that these other congregations that are tapping into the ancient past the truth in the spirit. But let me just say this. For those who were in churchianity that are coming in Torah, what's going to happen is, is there's a lot of things that has to take place before the actual flowing in the spirit may happen. It probably will be faster than what happened with us because what with us, there's a transition. But this is the key to that. If you're not operating in the fruit of the Spirit, you have no business operating in the gifts of the Spirit. You have to know that. Because if you're if we're operating because what is the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit? The works of the what? So if you're in the works of the flesh, guys, 
you're not going to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit, but you're going to be operating in the gifts of the flesh because they also manifest false prophecies, false words, mixed worship. Jezebel, how she has gotten into, and that's the Spirit that's gotten into the congregation, that's gotten into the community as a whole, telling us it's okay that this is an alternative lifestyle. It doesn't matter because I'm not a biologist. I can't tell you what your gender is and all of these crazy things that's going on today. Guys, if we have lost our mind or what? And if we as a body of Messiah, if, if, if the body of Messiah don't wake up when, when a Supreme Court voted in, oh, I know. how in the world do you vote in somebody that can't tell if you're a woman or not? How do you vote that in? When somebody can't, it's not a trick question. I mean, I mean, like I said, Adam, Eve has Cain. What did we have? I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Cain knew it was, I mean, Adam knew it was a boy. I mean, give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Just give me a break. Guys, this is where we're at. And we have this leading our country. We have this leading in courts. We have this in judgment. And you don't think that there's a reputation? The United States of America is looked on as a saving nation to the world. But we are now becoming a huge laughingstock because of this mess that we're in. It is a season of judgment. We're going there next week. But that's what about the garments are about next week because I don't want to jump into it now, but garments. See, part of this is, is about their garments are soiled. We're going to talk about in Zechariah, Joshua, the high priest, he had on what kind of garments? Filthy or soiled garments. Defiled. You know, really, that's defiled. Are our garments, at the end, we do know in Revelation that our garments are going to be the righteous acts of the saints, or the righteous deeds that we have. What we sow today, we will wear tomorrow is what happens. Are our garments soiled? This is where we're going to be heading next week with this. But I hope and pray that today, that in that, we do know that he's going to come back as a thief. And people, it said in here in two different places that they were flat unaware. And you know what? Out of the ten virgins, they were asleep also, and five of them wasn't ready. So the message is not changed. Before he got on that cross... And after he got off of it, he still has the message. And you know the reason why he's telling us this? Because he knew we were going to fall asleep. He knew it. He knows his people. So the message is that we need to stay awake. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Redeemer of Zion. The glory of the Lord.